back to this, the 22nd episode of the Start Well podcast. This time around, I'm back in the studio for a lovely little chat uh, with my new friend, David Adler. So my name is David Adler. I'm the CEO of a company called BizBash. We're a media company for the event industry in North America. We're probably the largest uh, media company with magazines, websites, trade shows for people that organize events all over the place. And it's where they get ideas and inspiration so that their events become better. Because events are the new town squares in the world, in my opinion. Right. And that's kind of what you're doing here as well uh, in this type of uh, facility. Yeah, well... You are creating this sort of working events. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we call internally amongst our team, a very agile team of four or five people, um, we look at every single quote-unquote meeting as an event. You know, people come together is really if... The festivity of meeting is what defines an event or some sort of even output of the interaction, then that happens constantly here at campus, yeah. Well, you're going to love this comment because you're so speaking my language. Uh, because I believe event organizers and people that bring people together are collaboration artists mm-hmm. more than they are just event organizers or business people or entrepreneurs. You really are a collaboration artist in the in the best sense of the world. And it's, it's where these ideas come to life. Because I also believe that in events, when you don't judge an event anymore by how many people attend, but it's about how many conversations are curated. Right. And it's all about the social physics of how ideas flow. Yeah. And you, what you've done here is you've created sort of the social physics that allow people to interact in an organic way that creates an amazing amount of, of positive outcomes the most powerful word in the English language mm-hmm. is the word let's. Yeah. Because whenever people get together, they say, let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner, let's hook up, let's start a revolution. What about <laughs> this idea between different groups that never knew they would ever meet each other? Yeah. And it's this it's the social physics of how people how ideas spread. Absolutely. I totally concur. I think it's something that, of course, in uh, the media landscape of today and you know the pop media landscape of today where people are feeling kind of like society is more stratified than ever despite them being more interconnected with technology, I think these places uh, exist to help remind people that they can come together and they don't need to come together to fight anything necessarily. They need to come together to be together to discover what that means a lot of the time. Um, and it's kind of funny for us because we're also one part of our business, of course, is being an event venue. And for the first year and a half of, of that business line, you know, I, I was like, well, what does this mean? You know, I, I've worked, I've been a DJ that's performed all over the world and a video jockey that's performed for like, you know, events at, uh, you, you live in New York. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the Tibetan Museum. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I used to fly down there and do interactive stuff with the, what's being displayed in the galleries. I'd yeah. remix yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's fabulous. Uh, and do all this stuff. But uh, so I've been on that side of the events as a performer at events. Um, well, and- at a, you're really a collaboration artist there, too, because sure. the whole idea is to create experiences that get other people to talk to each other. Yeah. Because you're waking something up or right. you're making something, someone feel something. And right. So it's really, I mean, what people don't realize how powerful what we do really is. Right. And like in the old days, people thought what happens in the hallways and conferences is a waste of time. And yet Turns that's out the main thing. That's the main thing. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. don't judge an event by how many people are attending, but how many conversations you're curating, it's kind of like how the web works when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very funny. And, th- but that, that's the thing that I, my head was kind of, um, 
troubled by initially being now an operator of space facilitating these interactions and trying to monetize them in a way um, because my perspective is from the you know bringing people together for collaborative potential in uh, startups and innovation and us being this innovation hub in the city so I didn't for whatever reason didn't initially maybe because I was for the first time in a, in a long time of all sorts of businesses I've run I looked to the industry that I thought I was an outsider within to say how do things get done so we can emulate this and work it into our business model and then the more events quote-unquote events that we hosted in our space as a venue and said hey we're actually gonna partner with you to produce something spectacular for the people coming and started asking questions about what the agenda and the programming looks like and who's gonna speak about what all of or not all of but a lot of the people that we had booking our space and paying us money to use the venue um, you know they were thrown back they were kind of like taken aback I guess and they were sort of saying well why do you need to know this stuff you know we're gonna run our event we're like no, but we want you to be successful so it took a while of those conversations helping us refine our business model and it's been very interesting this learning curve of saying okay well yes every event is an opportunity for people to come together and the outputs can be more than a planner can plan for um, uh, so you do, do you come in and act as the collaboration artist in many cases? Oh, 100%. Because you know 100%, 100%. how, because as, as yeah. this DJ thing, yeah. you know how to read a crowd. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. the one thing that, that is a secret sauce that you may think it's yeah. just a talent, but it's a talent that most people don't have. Absolutely. And it's something that the people that have it, we often take it for granted. Yes. If it's not our what we see we is our We think that business. our skills we think we're not good enough because it's so easy. Yeah, we kind of think, well, of course people come together. And then you realize, well, no, people are actually living very isolated lives often. You have to give people permission to talk to each other. And what a DJ or a collaboration artist or a good moderator or a good facilitator does right. is is brings pe bring people out, you know, let them participate, let them be noticed. Absolutely. And, and, and once they're noticed, it's all of a sudden that Maya Angelou piece comes out, that yeah. they have a feeling. Yeah. And that feeling becomes the overwhelming thing about why they loved what they were at that day. Exactly. They may not even remember what they did. Yeah, yeah. But, but if they the felt feeling. Yeah. good. Oh, and it, it of course it permeates everyone's life. Like people, we hear this often here at Startwell that, um, you know, this is the first place that so many people, we have about 500 people a day coming through the campus. And it's one thing that gets repeated over and over again is that this is the first place that a lot of these people have the experience of leaving on a Friday looking forward to their Monday mm -hmm. to come back. Um, so what that means for us that we've seen is through their weekend, they're spreading joy amongst their family because they're more joyful. They're happy. Absolutely. They love their work. Do you know, you know what's interesting? The word branding is not the word branding. The word branding is feeling. You're right. creating a feeling. Yeah. And this place has it and it, you walk in and it, you're, 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 it's, it oozes that in a sense. And that's what makes this different. That's what it makes you as this collaboration artist who is the, the mayor. I, I view that I'm the mayor of my niche. Mm-hmm. Of I'm the, the mayor event of, industry, yeah. and you got a, you're the mayor of this empire here, and <laughs> empire. it really rep represents a lot of people's like happiness. Yeah, well, that's if happiness is an empire. That's great. <laughs> it's definitely something that's you know in our marketing, uh, and it's definitely something that we, as a team, all try to encourage as uh, you know curators of, um, really curators of people in many ways and relationships, right? And uh, and the feeling being the thing that's really kind of 
uh, emotively binds people through their it's relationships. The reason people live. Yeah. <laughs> Want to live. You know, yeah. Because if you're like, dead inside, I mean, yeah. then you're you're the opposite you're not is inspired. depressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so the inspiration, like what we found, and what I found in my world is that inspiration is part of that. You know, you know, the subset of feeling. Right. And that when people feel like, oh my God, I'm listening, and you're listening to my ideas, yeah. and my ideas, one plus one can equal seven. Right. Especially in an entrepreneurial atmosphere, yeah. you yeah. want to figure out how to monetize, and nobody knows what the hell they're really doing. Right. They're listening to other people. They're bouncing off other people. Well, I think without that as well, business becomes robbed of it, of its uh, joy, and uh, we see this, of course, in the startup world, right? Mm -hmm where you're seeing um, on a macro level, I think it's starting to get reported on in the mass media a little bit, but with the you know, the failures of uh, recent IPOs like Uber and WeWork and all of these companies, um, the pump and dump schemes of you know, overcapitalizing early stage ventures that need different types of nurturing and different types of inspiration for teams to come together and collaborate and make awesome stuff go out into the world, you see the corruption of their value set early on because uh, venture capitalists want to see exponential ROI. And and the next level of investment, the next level of investment is pushing it towards the public market. And what does that mean? That means by the time a company is big enough uh, to fail big, it fails big and the people holding the bag are unfortunately the shareholders that you know bought in through the public market thinking it was going to be something they could retire on or God knows what the motivation might be. And you're on a rocket ship so, that you can't get off. Exactly. And and then all that money, you know, yes, it pays out everyone who got in early. Mm -hmm. um, but again, all the goodwill with the, the customers and everything else is not necessarily sustainable. Uh, and it fizzles. And we have all these dead companies floating around public markets around the world. Well, it, yeah, I think that someone told me yesterday that uh, I did another podcast about how startups and businesses have to do good in order for them to do well. Yeah. And doing good means solving a problem that really helps people yeah and so if you're just having a scheme exactly and that's it a great word it doesn't work it's a great word yeah if you're just a cash multiplier um that is you're a hockey stick you know you're just gonna, like oh it's got a hockey stick on the losses you know yeah. you got to show a lot of losses in order to get to the profits i don't you know definitely buy that i mean i'm a 20-year startup frankly <laughs> yeah yeah no it's funny i don't buy it either we preach you know everyday sustainability above mm -hmm. all else uh, because it gives people confidence on a team to uh, know that they're working towards something and they're building something. Mm -hmm. If you start building something, bef you know, before you can afford to, or you've been invested in so heavily that you can't justify that investment, you feel like you're in debt from day one, yeah, and that's yeah. a scary feeling, right? Yeah, but um, I mean, something there's something great and when you talk about the social physics, social physics of how ideas work. Yeah, it's kind of like what happens when you iterate. Yeah, uh, because you're really hitting the, you're hitting the wall, so you gotta come up with another way of doing something. Exactly. Yeah. And but you lose sometimes your perspective. Oh, absolutely. And it's something that again, going back to kind of what's wonderful about people coming together, is the potentiality of the togetherness of the working together, of right. being together. Right? right. So that kind of paints a little bit of a picture for me of the impetus to get involved for you in in uh, the event space and. And the BizBash. Well, events. But... I, I, you know, I've been um, doing a lot of work at the State Department, mm -hmm. and you know, with sort of larger sort of problem solving. Right. And it still all comes down to how do you let people be heard? Yeah. And how do you collect ideas? Because no idea. I mean, the, the geniuses don't have ideas. They're listening to other people. Yeah. 
that's yeah. the dirty little secret of big ideas right. is that it's the knitting together of these little things that you may not even know from a serendipity effect right that all of a sudden oh that's a great idea and that will connect with this and this guy that has a, a company that has nothing to do with what i'm doing right you learn every day i learn every day from two or three things one is getting involved in the nonprofit world yeah and going to board meetings and things like that and hearing what the problems are because right. they're solving problems on a different level and also taking leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found that after uh, 9-11 in New York, yeah. my, I started my business and 9-11 happened well, right after before. I raised all the money. This is a 2001? 2000 uh, 9-11, 2001. Yeah. I raised my money in 2000. Okay, okay. And I was just about to launch the product. That was the boom bubble. The, I, was at, I got in at the, bu- at the end of the beginning of the end, yeah, yeah. Raise the money, yeah, and I raised the money in the back of a bris. Well, really? Yes. Who's bris? So it's a bris. Actually, I can tell you the name of the bris. It's Canadians. Okay. I was uh, my friends um, were Matthew Brothman. You know the Brothman yeah, family yeah. and the Bellsworth family. I went family. to McGill, so they are benefactors oh, of, okay. of of the yeah of our campus. Quite yeah. So I go to the um, I go to the bris. Um, I was working in corporate communications for a big company, and all of a sudden the the guys get about to do the bris. Yeah. And I go to the back of the room, and somebody asked me what I'm doing. And I raised $4 million in the room where the guys didn't want to be anywhere near the bris. It's <laughs> all the guys with the whiskey in the corner saying, you know, mazel, let's do a deal. The guy that's actually gave me the impetus to do it was Michael Linton, who was the president of Snap and Universal. Okay. Uh, uh, was it, no, Sony. Um, and so I got involved in all these people and I was able to raise that money. It's like my feeling that's one thing that's great about events. You never know what's going to happen. Absolutely, yeah. And so you have this serendipity effect. So it, it sort of you know went on from there. And and then 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And what happened with 9-11, my board said, okay, we know this is a disaster. Yeah. Take a leadership role. So I put together a, list, a group of 300 people in the event industry, and we tried to help bring the city back. Ah. And we did things on a leadership level, like we took the Empire State Building and we put yellow lights all over it because there was a company called Snapple that was yellow right. in a sense. Right, yeah. And they brought in events in New York. We took over Gracie Mansion, which is where the mayor lives, and we we decided to um, bring in all the pharmaceutical meeting planners to show New York is fantastic. And we had Broadway singers sing New York, New York, and you got goosebumps, you know, right. and, right. you know from the patriotism of living in the city. I remember that time, too, because I, was... I moved to New York in 2003, mm-hmm. uh, and I was working with, do you know Fred Kent? Uh, or an organization called the Project for Public Spaces. Oh, I know that. I PPS. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I left them, uh, they, they had moved from uh, the village. The office was in the village for many years uh, and then moved to uh, right by NYU on um, Broadway mm-hmm. in the Audubon building. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the old building that's the Bird Society building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they, uh, it's interesting because around that time, they were involved in some, some of the city planning. I mean, they still are. They always have been as an organization and looking at these same aspects of how do you, in a way, how do you plan for the serendipity of social interaction? The city's an event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about, you know. People should be celebrating their lives. That's why they're in the city. Otherwise, you're toiling in the field. Yeah. Go, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so things like, you know, like the, flex, the the movable chairs that became a thing in the 90s and then onwards yeah. now in Gramercy Park yeah. and everywhere else that yeah. was born out of that. Uh, think tank. They, they did the p- pianos. Did they do the piano? Uh, probably. They yeah. probably did the pianos then, in the park. Even the all the cycling stuff yeah. that was born out of their work. Yeah. It's, it was um, brilliant. Yeah. Because that's what people, you know, people want to connect, and 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 we can do it. That's what these nonprofits. You can start something from nothing. So the idea of leadership 
right. is something that brings people together. It also, from a business point of view, you're selling, you're, you're able to like get in front of people without selling them something. Yeah. And they buy from people. Right. And they want, and if you can create a product that's good. It's funny because I'm not a salesperson in the sense of typically, you know, you've got, I I hate painting this picture, but you know, the classical model of salesperson who's like getting some list of contacts from somewhere and then mining it for, you know, and then I instead, what I I, I would say is like, if I'm in front of someone who uh, possibly could use something that I can offer them, uh, I can close a sale, no problem. But then that interaction is the catalyst for, you know, the deal. I'm exactly the same way. And so it's funny because what I have found my forte in doing, and it's it's interesting just, you know, introspectively now coming out of my mouth, uh, vocalizing this for the first time in the last little while, is I've been creating uh, contexts for interaction to develop my business. And that's been actually the only primary, you know, it's in fact the only way that Startwell has been successful so far. Um, you know, whether well, you're not it's... in a business, you're in a mission, right? You're in a mission, right? I mean, that's what, and you're much more passionate Yeah. and people love passionateness, passionate people, people that love what they do. Right. There's something very, um, you just, you just are, get attracted. You're attracted to that. Sure. And, and that's that feeling. So your brand is a feeling Yeah. It's in, true. A, in many cases. And it's, and, and, and the collaboration artist or the person that's putting it together mm-hmm. is a huge aspect of that. And you, you, sometimes people underestimate yeah. the power of the entrepreneur in pushing the rock up the hill. <laughs> I think fundamentally, you know, mass society, North American society. And so a bit about my history yeah. is that I've grown up between Africa and Canada. Where in Africa? Um, so I was actually born in Edmonton, lived in Calgary after that. And then we moved in 1992 to Nairobi. Oh. So I lived in Nairobi uh, and then I worked with a bunch of, in high school, worked with a bunch of nonprofits, one of which was the first internet service provider in the region in 1995. So I was a high school student installing modems and teaching people about the internet. Um, But it was, so it was a really interesting kind of experience working with nonprofits in that space, which is a whole nother podcast, you know, but, uh, but I guess with this kind of global perspective, I always say here in North America, here in North America, I bring it back because that's the way I think, I think globally. Um, But I found that there is this kind of almost apathy in society sometimes because of the effect of mass media and this like feeling that, unfortunately, this feeling of people looking to uh, identities that express passion as something they almost watch on TV, as opposed to saying that could be me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think that what's happening, though, is it okay? What's happening, though, is I think that when you get exposed to it and you connect with another person, that lets thing happens. Yeah. And people actually take themselves out of themselves. Yeah. And, and it's like a breath of fresh air. Well, when people express themselves in those interactions yeah. in their best light because they're not putting on an air for that person, mm-hmm. they're actually inspired and they're like, ah. Do you know, one of the things I do from my collaboration artist point of view, and it's been really successful, is I do, um, before I have a conference, I do something called Jeffersonian-style dinner parties. Ah. And a Jeffersonian-style dinner party is, all it is is you know, 10 or 15 people around a table, but you curate the entire conversation. And uh, it's so amazingly powerful because when you go to a dinner party today, half the people on one side don't speak to the people on the other side. You're yeah. talking to the person in this front way, of you or next to you. This way, you're only you're, that the, the the person that's the art, artist, the collaboration artist, will ask a question like, "What was your first job, and what did you learn from it?" And all of a sudden, all these big shots become like the ice cream scooper at Baskin <laughs> Robbins, and you know because if you talk about something 
below your 20, yeah. it connects more with people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you, but then you go from me to we to us. Yeah. So the conversation becomes richer and richer and richer through the night. Yeah. Where people bond uh, in great, great ways. But leaving it up to chance is okay, but it's not the fastest way to get to your result. Yeah. So the idea of being a collaboration artist means actually doing a little something to get people to connect with each other. And events are about that. Decor in events is not about the decor. It's about, oh, look at that pretty flower and the talking to the next person. Oh, you know, food and cuisine is a way of sharing things. And so it's all about that connectivity. Being a DJ is about getting people on the dance floor to relate to each other. Absolutely. Right? I mean, so you're doing, you've been doing that forever.